You are listening to the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 161. This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing, and you should too. Well, hello everyone. My name is Scott Wellens, and I am the host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. Now, this is a show dedicated to helping real people, that is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, a fiduciary, an educator, a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro and Wealth Advisor. It is great to be with you today and today's episode is expect the stock market to go up every day. But before we get to the topic of the day, I need to get something off my chest. My wife does not listen to the podcast very often. I don't blame her. I mean, she's got to listen to me day in and day out anyway. I do not blame her. And back in 2015, when I started the show, she didn't really listen to podcasts. I mean, honestly, not a lot of people listen to podcasts in 2015. Now she loves to listen to podcasts. Not necessarily this one, but she loves her topics that she loves to get into. You know, she doesn't love this one because she leaves the financial stewarding to me. These topics to her are boring, but she has listened to some. On occasions, friends say, hey, Scott was talking about you on the podcast, so she checks it out. Or something like last week or two weeks ago when we came out with the Best in Wealth One Word Challenge, which by the way, if you haven't listened to that episode, Go to bestandwealth.com, click on episode number 160, listen to the show, and come up with your one word for 2021. It's not too late. And while you're there, if you're searching for a financial advisor, seeking a second opinion, thinking you possibly might need some help, click on the work with me button in the top right-hand corner of the bestandwealth.com website and schedule a quick call with me. All right, back to my wife. She thinks, here's what she thinks. She thinks that I poke fun at her when I talk about her on the show. The few that she's listened to, she feels like I'm not being nice. And I think I'm being nice, but I can't be positive that I'm being nice. And so if you would do me the biggest of favors, if you are a dedicated listener to Best in Wealth, go to or send me an email, scott at fortressplanninggroup.com and let me know what you think. Do you think that I poke fun at her? Because I want to set the record straight. My wife is my soulmate. She is the best thing that ever happened to me. She supports me, she puts up with me, and I love her in every way possible. I am the luckiest man in the world, and I'm being serious when I say all this. I want to set the record straight, so if you see her 
passing by in the neighborhood. If you know her in any way, contact her on Facebook and tell her she really needs to listen to episode number 161. Let's get to the topic of the day. All right, here we go. I expect the stock market to go up every day. What the heck do I mean by that? I mean, we all know the stock market does not go up every day. Well, I want to read an article to you that was written by a guy named David Booth. But before I do that, I need to tell you who David Booth is because you probably don't know. David Booth went to the University of Kansas for his BA in economics and his master's in business and graduated in 1969. From there, he went to the University of Chicago Graduate School of Business and he left there in 1971. But three interesting facts about David Booth being at the University of Chicago. The University of Chicago is where the Center for Research of Security Prices is. The CRISP that was started in the late 1950s, finished by 1965, and completed, still ongoing, all information of all stock prices, mutual funds, all public information exists at the CRISP. So if you're reading research papers, they ought to be talking about the crisp. Like that's where the information that they get should come from. That's interesting fact number one. Number two, David Booth was the research assistant to Eugene Fama, who is the father of modern portfolio theory. He was named Nobel laureate a few years ago, highly recognized in the field of finance. And Number three interesting fact is that the University of Chicago School of Business is now called the Booth School of Business, named after David Booth. Very interesting. Let's keep going. David Booth left the University of Chicago in 1971. He went to go work at Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo is important because... In the early 1970s, the very first index fund was developed, an S&P 500, the largest 500 companies. So before this, everything available for an investor to invest in a mutual fund were actively managed mutual funds. And actively managed mutual funds have mutual fund advisors that trade stocks every day to try and beat the market inside of their actively managed portfolio. An S&P 500 index fund just follows the S&P 500 every day. So goes the S&P 500, so goes the mutual fund you're invested in, minus the expenses to be in the mutual fund and any tracking error that might exist. Now, this S&P 500 at Wells Fargo was only available to institutional investors like pension funds. In 1976, John Bogle started Vanguard with the first retail index 500 fund. David Booth eventually left Wells Fargo, and in 1981, David Booth started Dimensional Fund Advisors. In short, is DFA. So that's how I'm going to relate to Dimensional Fund Advisors from here on out, DFA. Or I might just say Dimensional. Why did 
David Booth start a company? Because with all of his experience and with all the research and being the research assistant of Eugene Fama and being part of the CRISP in the University of Chicago, he believed that a small cap index could be developed. When everyone around him said, no way, you can't develop a small cap index because trading costs are going to outweigh any benefits of being in an index fund. David Booth didn't care. He built his board of directors with Eugene Fama, remember him, and other Nobel laureates like Myron Scholes. People on the board were the brightest minds in financial market research. He proved everyone wrong. The small cap index had a rough road, but it proved to be a very winning strategy. And now keep in mind, an index fund beats approximately 83% of all actively managed mutual funds out there. Actively managed mutual funds have a very tough time beating the market. And the longer you're holding something like an index, the better of a chance you have to beat the equivalent actively managed fund. Fast forward 39 years and there's over $600 billion managed at DFA. Why? Because DFA said all along, we will follow the science and build strategies around them. Not around our opinions, just the science. And so since then, there's not only been a small strategy, but there's been a value breakthrough, that strategy. There's been a profitability breakthrough that the scientists have figured out just looking and combing through all of the data. There's been trading strategies to reduce costs. The list goes on and on. In fact, DFA has learned so much from the science that they are not even considered an index fund even more, even though they start with an index. But then they start kicking companies out of the index using things like momentum and reconstitution rules, things that we're not even going to get into. And when you look at the DFA website, you see since the start of 2000, only 17% of active managers beat the market, actively managed mutual funds, while 84% of DFA funds beat the market, following the science. Now, index funds make up trillions and trillions of dollars worth of assets at Vanguard, BlackRock, a DFA if you want to call it an index fund, but it's not really. It's more of an index fund on steroids and other. So why am I telling you about David Booth? Well, I want to prove to you that we ought to listen to him in the article that he wrote in Business Insider not long ago, about three months ago. If he listens to the science of investing, we ought to listen to the science of investing. Now, I'm going to read this article to you, but I want to bring out this one big disclosure that I am not allowed to endorse any mutual funds or mutual fund company or investments during this podcast. That's why I have the big disclosure at the end of the podcast. So this is not a recommendation to go buy DFA funds. In fact, you need an approved advisor to even own these types of funds. All I'm trying to do is give you a history of David Booth and then read the article to you. So let's get to the article. Now, again, David Booth wrote this article on September 26th of 2020 in Business Insider. I will leave a link 
to the Business Insider article that you can click on and read for yourself in the show notes at bestandwealth.com under episode number 161. So here we go. This is David talking. This is his article. I wake up every morning expecting the stock market to go up a little bit, but I'm not surprised when it doesn't. That's because I don't obsess over short ups and downs of the market. I want to make sure I stick around to capture the long-term ups. Honestly, it's a pretty simple philosophy rooted in decades of academic research. But with so many distractions and apparent shortcuts, I know it can be hard to stick to your plan. The growth of trading platforms like Robinhood is proof that you're not alone. One crucial piece of staying a long-term investor is to understand the difference between expected and unexpected returns. Over the last 100 years, the stock market has gone up around 10% per year. Just as a side note, that information comes straight from the CRISP at the University of Chicago, the Center for Research on Security Prices. We have stock market data all the way back to the early 20s. So if we fast forward and average the returns together from the S&P 500 every year, we come up with about 10.02%, averaging to 10%. Let's get on with the article. That's what I call an expected return. We expect around 10% per year that we should gain in our portfolios. Now at Fortress Planning Group, we aim to go higher. The S&P 500 averages 10%, but there's different avenues or different dimensions of higher expected return when we start leaning our portfolio in different direction. But the 10% makes sense. Back to the article. What would it take for you to risk putting money into the stock market? I mean, you're not going to get 100% per year, and you're not going to get 0% per year. On average, 10% seems sensible. When the amount is divided up into all 250 trading days of the year, I expect the market to go up every day a little bit. So I did the math on an average rate of return of 10%. In 250 trading days per year, that is every day your portfolio is expected to go up 0.0275% per day. Very little, almost like watching grass grow. If you had $100,000 in an account, you would expect that the account would go up $37 per day or a little more than that because of compounding interest. But we know The market, this is back to the article, we know the market almost never goes up 10% per year. In fact, another side note, when we look at all the past 100 years of stock market history, the stock market has never landed exactly on 10%. In fact, it has only landed between 8% and 12%, six times, such a little time. And that's because the stock market is usually way up or way down. Last year, the S&P 500 was up 25%. This is back to the article. The year before, it was down 6%. It's been like that my whole life. So what happens when the stock market doesn't give the historical average? 
Those are what I call unexpected returns. So we have an expected return of 10% per year, and anything outside of that is called an unexpected return. The result of what people didn't see coming is the unexpected return. From day to day and week to week, the market may go up a lot or down a lot because of pandemics, trade wars, interest rates, and everything else no one saw coming. That's why on most days, returns are unexpected. When folks on TV talk about what the markets did today, they're trying to explain the unexpected returns. Personally, I find these developments very interesting. I have spent a lot of my career talking about them, but I don't find them useful in my choices for how to invest tomorrow. That's because I think the market has taken all of the day's information and processed it. Think of a giant computer made up of millions of different people on each side of a trade, buyers and sellers, who only make a transaction if they think they're getting a good deal. What happened today may not inform what happens tomorrow. So that's the struggle for both the new investor who just signed up for an online account and the experienced investor with lots of computers and data and degrees and making millions of dollars because there are short-term unexpected returns and long-term expected returns. And we have, as investors, we have a very difficult time grasping expected return versus unexpected returns. But think of it like this. Every day, you're going to get some sort of a short-term unexpected return. But in the long run, if you stay in your seat, you're going to find, hopefully without a guarantee, the expected return of on average 10% per year. Back to the article. My colleagues, Eugene Fama, I mentioned him earlier, and Ken French, have spent their whole careers combing through the data to explain the expected return. Thanks to them, You don't have to. I believe their research suggests timeless strategies that give you the greatest chance of capturing long-term expected returns relative to your risk tolerance. So not everybody can handle, and this is me talking now, not everyone can handle 100% stock. So relative to your risk tolerance is going to be your expected return. And now back to the article. Unexpected returns and expected returns in explaining all of that reinforces the benefits of working with a fee-only financial advisor because this is the sort of thing to talk out with a professional who has your best interests in mind, i.e. Scott Wellens, Fortress Planning Group. Back to the article. Lately, Our firm has been having conversations with clients about why growth stocks have been outperforming value stocks. You've read about what's happening. A bunch of high-tech companies, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Google, among them, have seen extraordinary return. They are doing better than anyone anticipated. To me, this is evidence that everything broke their way. In other words, I see it as probably lower than average expected return and then a huge amount of good luck in terms of cash flow and future expectations of cash flow. 
The good news is, and this is good news, folks, even when unexpected events lead to high levels of unexpected returns, you still get the expected returns as long as you stay in your seat. There's going to be years when the stock market is up and you'll get unexpected higher returns and years when the stock market is down and you'll get unexpected low or negative returns. But staying in our seat is one part of investing that we can control. And staying in our seat allows us to get those expected returns as long as the stock market behaves like it has the last 100 years. I often say that the market has no memory, which is another way of saying that unexpected returns don't repeat. So instead of getting distracted by them, pay attention to the small things that can make a big difference over the long haul. Pursue expected returns, manage your costs, and accumulate compound interest. How do you do this? One of the simplest ways to increase your exposure to expected returns is to invest in a broadly diversified portfolio. At Fortress Planning Group, we believe in owning thousands of companies. Now back to the article. The next time you hear a story about an investor picking a few good stocks on a trading app, remind yourself that success stories are often outweighed by less newsworthy failures. Your chances of picking a few good stocks and realizing a quick return are very low. Your chances of starting with the market, owning thousands of companies, and capturing expected returns are much higher. Keep your eyes on the total cost of investing. There's no quicker way to erode future expected returns than by paying excessive fees. Finally, embrace the power of compounding returns. One of the best tools you have as an investor is time. We develop solutions, this is DFA, to help clients achieve long-term expected returns. Day-to-day, you're more likely to experience the unexpected returns. Sweating the small stuff has been the secret to my success the last 40 years, and I believe it to be the secret to your success for the next 40 years as well. I love that article. I hope it was helpful for you as family stewards. We need to pursue expected returns and keep hitting those singles and getting those average returns and expecting that market to go up a little bit every day, but not panicking when we see unexpected returns come in day in and day out, because we know if we stay in our seat, we will find those great expected returns that will allow us to have a great investing experience. And as family stewards, that's our job to do the most with our money so that our family can be secure secure. I hope this was helpful. Fortress started in part from a push from Dave Ramsey after I was debt-free years and years ago, in part because of David Booth and all of his wisdom and the people that surrounded him and their wisdom. Is your investment philosophy following the science? Is every investment decision you make in the stock market backed by science? 
Is there data to support your decisions? Like millions of pieces of data. Because we want long-term returns with really good long-term track records. Like 20 to 30 year track records. That's what we believe in at Fortress Planning Group. We believe in the science. If you don't think that your advisor is following the science, if you don't believe that your advisor has the heart of a teacher to teach you things like expected returns so that you can stay in your seat, once again, I'll make the call out to go to Best in Wealth, click on the Work With Me button, schedule a call so we can get to know each other and so I can see if I can add some sort of value to your life. That's all the time that I had right now, but as family stewards, let's chase expected returns and not unexpected returns. Because as it has proven in the past, we believe this is your greatest chance for success. This is your time, family steward. I'm out of here. I will talk to you soon. See you on the flip side. Bye-bye. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.